0: Welcome to the Clash Act podcast, but first we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot-Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won car of the year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Watford, Oakley, Kenny, today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast, where I'm joined by Cork football legend Larry Tompkins, with two All-Irelands and three All-Stars to his name. Larry, thanks a million for taking our call this evening. No bother,
1: I'd like you to do it, yeah.
0: Um Covid Larry it's been it's been tough on us all I know you you've a pub down in Cork uh, a few of my friends are, are frequenters of yours Joe Joe Sword uh, Andrew Hogan there in Cork Racecourse they, they 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 all tell me it's it's a great hostility I haven't been in it but I'm sure you're you're itching to get going again
1: Yeah look um it's been a, I suppose it's been a mystery really in relation to the whole thing initially you know we thought maybe it was only going to be for a short period uh, but nobody could foresee what was going to happen down the line. And uh, look, we we just hope at this stage we're at the right the, the right side of it. Uh, it seems to be going the right direction. And um, thanks be to God for the vaccinations. But it's it's um, it's been a long haul. Uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people I know, uh, some have passed away. Uh, so, some have been really. Um, I suppose mentally and physically kind of been affected. Uh, so, look, we all know somebody in some way that has been hurt by it. And uh, please, God, as I said, this uh, we're over the worst of it, and we're we see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And do do
0: you do you think you'll open up yourself next week for some form of outdoor works, or will you kind of hold off until July and and, and get no, back? Well,
1: unfortunately, I don't have uh, outside. um so I'm restricted totally the inside. I have two bars. I have one downstairs and upstairs, but I have no access to the streets uh, beside me. Uh, I have two streets and one narrow street, which we, we, we tried to get pedestrianised, but unfortunately uh, it didn't come out. And uh, the other one is the main street There is Slavis Quay, Lincoln, uh, Patrick Street. So... No, unfortunately I don't have access to outside, so I'll have to wait until uh, the
0: fifth of July. Yeah, no, it's 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 an extremely tough time and I, I know myself from from the business that I'm in, um, with our own caterers and our own publicans, it's you know, they've been they've been out now for nearly fifteen months. But as you said, the vaccine rollout is coming along nicely and with a bit of luck we'll um, we'll be looking back on this in mid July, having a pint sitting down at your bar counter and, and, and looking back on it in, in, in the rear view mirror.
1: Yeah, like you know, as I said, it's it's been a it's been a horror time. It's been a, it's been tough on families. It's been actually people that has lost loved ones. It's been uh, extra tough. Um, look, in some way, everybody has been affected between uh, work-wise, uh, health-wise, and um, you know, just uh, the, 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 I suppose the trauma of not being able to see live events and not being able to go to them and. Uh, I suppose for myself, steeped in the GA, like you know, not to be able to go to see a game or a game going on uh, is, 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 is 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 hard. But look, um, you know, once we all come out of it, and and, and please God, my my family are good and uh, they're healthy and well and. Uh, God, as I said, uh,
0: we're, we're on the right side of it now. Yeah, no, no, brilliant, and so say all of us. Hopefully we can just get going again. But, Larry, um, you have a book, you know, Believe Just Out. Uh, it's in the, in the Heroes Collection. Um, it's a book I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on. Uh, I, I have to say, and I'll, I'll put it out there straight away, I'm a Westmead man myself, so when I was a young lad growing up, you were a hero of mine because you were up against them horrible Mead people in, 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 in regular battles. So I don't know if the people of Cork or, or if the Cork team knew in, in, in the late 80s there how, how much they were loved by the people of West Mead because we, we were pinning all our hopes on you. But just when I was doing a little bit of research and you know before I got to chat to you today and, and obviously I want to come back to the book as well in a bit, it's it's just the, the, the life that you've had, you know the way of your life kind of padded out for itself. It's, I, I just find it intriguing, and I, I, I want to start like, and I, I will kind of jump in and out if you don't mind. But just at your own club, um, at home in Kildare, um, Eadstown, um, in I think it was in nineteen eighty three, you were involved in in an incident in the game. I think you were hit late in a challenge, um, and 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 you fractured your skull and ended up in a coma. Um, from that injury at the time you might just tell me a little bit about what happened on the occasion and and, and the aftermath
1: yeah it was uh, the intermediate county final against uh, Castle Dermot just probably 20 minutes gone in the game we were I suppose going very well we were probably 4 or 5 points up Um, just got hit late after after getting rid of the ball and um, I suppose contrary to now uh, then there wasn't Uh, no doctors there or um, if there was you kind of get up off the ground and you just uh, shook yourself off and went about your business but uh, there was a video of the match done and you could see that when I did get up I staggered so I was was badly concussed and um, as I said I I just continued on playing and uh, I think I scored maybe which is amazing I scored about 1-5 or 1-6 afterwards after the incident and uh, we won the game uh, very easy we won by over 10 points but um, just on the presentation of the the, the cup and um, I don't remember I don't remember any of that I don't remember the game I don't remember the only thing I ba- just vaguely remember is just heading into the dressing room and I felt um, a lot of black spots in front of my eyes and stuff and and uh, I just said to my, I think it was to my brother, I just said that because there was four of us playing on the team, four brothers, so uh, I just said I was going for a shower, I wasn't feeling the best and uh, actually there was lots of excitement, there was a big crowd in the dressing room, we were after winning, um, you know, there was a massive crowd at the game and um, just headed into the shower and that was it, I just collapsed, I, I don't remember it, I just collapsed and there was a... The ambulance was called, an emergency, it, you know, and uh, I was rushed in this hospital and uh, I was in a coma for two days. And, um, yeah, it was worrying time because, um, I suppose, uh, not even for myself, but Lord of mercy for my mother and uh, my family, it was a, it was a worrying time that uh, I might not come out of it. So, uh, thanks for the God, I, 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 I came out of this and... Uh, just unfortunately that year, Killeur were going great in the under-21 and we were looking forward to an all Ireland semi-final against Derry, but um, I had to miss that game. And um, just, um, you know, I ended up with a hairline fracture at the skull, and uh, left me out of football for, I suppose, eight, uh, nine months, ten months, I think it was back then and again.
0: Wow. And, uh, like, at, the, at that time, there must have been, you know, real thoughts that, that this was your football? Like, I mean, at the initial stages, I suppose living was going to be the main thing that everybody wanted you to do. But, like, was there was there a stage where we thought, you know, Larry Tompkins was never going to play football again with this injury?
1: Yeah, well, I was probably advised from probably a lot of the medical, uh, seeing that uh, things weren't great. I could have a lot of effects from it. Uh, so the last thing I'm the last thing in their mind talking to me was getting back playing sport. But I must say, you know, I actually Archie ended up having massive battles again but Jerry McIntyre was a massive help to me. And um, I attended Jerry and I suppose when you're when you're when you're when you're talking to somebody that knows the extent of where I was coming from in, in playing for the county and you know, how committed I was he could relate to me and um, I suppose he, he knew that I was very committed to get back and um, look he set the right road for me in relation to getting back um, there was even contemplating me wearing a kind of a gold cap um, initially to try and just see could I breeze back into it but look um, I just can't thank Jerry enough in relation to his help, and uh, I think only for him maybe at, the, at, the, at that particular time I might never, I might not play again, you know. Uh,
0: Jerry McIntyre, you know, you, you say you know he was he was a super help to you. I wonder, I wonder if he knew what was going to come in in ten years later. Would he have been a bit more pushy towards you giving up and not playing at all?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose I looked. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, 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 Jerry um, you know he was so competitive on the field himself, like as a player. And uh, but uh, you know, once once the match was over, he was a, a real gentleman. And uh, you know, he has he has helped me in a lot of ways, like uh, particularly Dahinji, which was uh, which was major at the time. And um, like myself and Jerry became very 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 good friends, uh, even though we had massive battles like. Uh, that was to come, and ended up in 1988. Uh, both was coming to blow us after the game, uh, after the Iron Finals So, look, um, you know I have massive respect for him. I, I am, I'm always uh, the type of person that uh, don't hold grudges in relation to matches or anything like that, or what has happened. What happens, you know, you you're between the white lines. You 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 deal well with whatever you have to deal with. Uh, both teams want to win. Players are competitive, so you know what happens on the field stays in the field, and uh, that's kind of the way I looked at it. So, um, and we 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 did have loads of uh, massive battles there, and um, but just couldn't thank him enough for that time in 1983 because he was a uh, he 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 was somebody to give me a lot of confidence going forward in relation to my injury, and uh, I think if I didn't kind of uh, have the like of him. Who knows? I I might
0: never ever play again. You know. Yeah, no, it's 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 frightening to think. And I suppose you know the the Tompkins family, you yourself, and the, the GEA, the Greater family, were all thrilled that the that Jerry McIntyre was able to help you so much at that time and, and get you onto the field to play. Um, switching on to kind of a, a bit of a nicer kind of scenario. Well, it wasn't really, but we're obviously Ireland kind of slipped into the depths of recession, kind of in a couple of years after that incident in in, in eighty three, and you ended up. Having to up stumps and 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 move to New York, you you emigrated out to New York at that stage, um, and you picked up your GL life out there with with Donegal.
1: Yeah, it it was um, it was just a brilliant time. It was just something I didn't plan my life. I've actually, been trying to going to America and going to Cork. You know, it wasn't planned, and you know, I just took a I just turned the corner and just things happened, and uh, I was a carpenter by trade. There was no work in Ireland. Uh, I had worked a lot in Dublin. Uh, I had worked with a great employer to give me the apprenticeship, uh, Brendan Martin, who was the instigator of the ladies' football. He was the man that got that going, uh, called the Brendan Martin Cup. Uh, he had a construction business, a huge, huge outfit. fish, and uh, worked and served my time with him. And uh, but in the eighties, as we know, like early eighties, things were very, got very slack. Uh, there was no work. Um, there were five brothers at home. We were all tradesmen. There was only one of us walking. Um, so it, it, it was a gloomy time. and uh, Living in the country, not much happening. Um, just took a bus in one day into Dublin, just for, uh, a day out, and uh, met a guy that had played with you, Mick Wright, on the street. And Mick had been in America the previous summer, and... He asked uh, what was I doing and I said I was doing nothing and he said uh, Gall might be looking for players. So I left it at dash and didn't think much more of it until I got a call then a week later from I ended up one of my great uh, friends, Donald Gallagher, who was over the team in, in New York and um, he made a phone call and asked me would I come out for a weekend uh, and play a match. So that's how it all started. It started um, and uh, just... Oh I, when I arrived in New York and seeing the opportunities and I suppose the the the, the way tradesmen are really looked after over there in America, like it's it's, it's they're the they're the number one person really, so everything just was kind of fell into my lap with regards like uh, a trade. Uh loved the place and um just loved being involved, doing it all work a fantastic club and um fantastic players that, that was on the team and all the players that were out there at that time had all emigrated out there and uh, they were all living there so we had a firm, firmly based team that we didn't have to bring in too many players uh, from Ireland like on weekend trips so uh, we built up massive massive relationships massive friendships and um, thought I'd never leave the place I'll be honest with you I was very happy there and um Never, never envisaged that uh, I'd end up down
0: uh, here in the south and Cork. And and New York, Larry, like the the football championship out there anyway is, you know, it still is to this day. It still is fiercely competitive. Um, and yeah. a lot, a lot of Ex County players are are there, and current County players at the time. I know the GA changed the rules a little bit in the last few years to stop, you know, players heading out straight after their county team were knocked out of the championship. But I, for for a young lad like yourself, just stepping off a plane and heading out to the Bronx and. Like it must have been some whack of the the, the whole culture. I, I'd say I'd say the crack was unbelievable. Was it?
1: Well, it was. A, there's an old saying, you know. If you want, uh, I think you know. Look, I said the best crack of all is the eighties. The best music of all is the eighties. And thanks to the God, Cork won uh, the, my first All Ireland in 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 the eighties. So, and and we won our first ever county with Castle David in the eighties. So. Um, just, just was a massive time in the 80s. And, and the reason I, that Gaelic Park was so influxed with so many uh, people was in the, there was massive immigration to New York in the 80s. Like, and every weekend you'd go down to Gaelic Park. There could be eight to 10,000 people in Gaelic Park at that time uh, watching games. You could have five, six games on, on a Sunday and you'd be drinking there and uh, having your few drinks afterwards in the, in the old bar there in Gailey Park, and you wouldn't know who you'd meet. Like You could meet your next-door neighbour, you could meet your guys you went to school with. You just didn't know who would be there. And everybody, you didn't have to play football or hurling. Everybody, there was an Irishman, flocked to Gailey Park on Sunday because of it was a place to be. It was a meeting place, and it was a place to, to, to get contacts for work. And, it was just a magic. It was just a magic place the a Sunday, and so many times I met people that I knew that I didn't even know they were out there, and uh, just. Uh, and and I suppose what I really enjoyed about New York too was the, the pace of the life. I just liked the, you know, I didn't mind the early mornings getting up. Um, we were finished early in work, and I, I used to love going uh, training then or head down to Madison Square Garden of a night or. And, and see uh, so many, you know, so many great people like that that I didn't realize at the time maybe. I, I, I wouldn't be a music man to a degree, even though I'm very friendly with Christy Moore, and I love Christy. We got to know each other when I was playing with Kildare, and I, I seen the likes of Elton John in Madison Square Garden, and I just thought he was just amazing. Like, and I seen, uh, I, you know, the likes of Magic Johnson playing basketball, uh, Larry Bird playing basketball, Eamon Cochran winning uh, the one and 8 a miles going for three in a row, the one on 8 a mile there, uh, on the runner t- on the, uh, he was the king of the boards, and believe it or not, Marcus Sullivan of Cork beat him, uh, just on the line, uh, an, incredible, uh, an incredible night. Like So, I, I didn't realise at the time like, that these, these, you know, they were just there, and I was just going down to them and seeing them, and uh, the excitement and the trail, and I suppose that, that that motivated me like in a in a, in a lot of ways too that I just wanted to be the best and I seen these guys what did they do and and not that I felt inferior but I I I got I got I got more confidence looking at these people and um, really enjoyed really enjoyed kind of that kind of uh, uh the fast pace of life and uh, and the entertainment and uh, the sports people that I see in and uh I had the privilege to see at, at at the highest level.
0: And and Larry, during your time in New York initially, you were flying home to play with Kildare in the summer months then as well.
1: Well that only happened once <laughs> that controversy, that only happened one once in nineteen eighty five when they when they had contacted me. Not not the county board contacted me, but Eamon do the manager who Eamon was a complete another gentleman like and uh, and uh, Eamon asked me that I uh, would I come back for the mead game in the Leinster semi final in 1985. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to let Eamon down because, or their down because I never did. And uh, I said once the county board would look after a return ticket for me, I was working in America at that time and uh, I needed to get back. So, he went about his business to see what, and uh, he came back to me again and asked me. Um, told me that the county board were uh, that they were willing to bring me back and that everything would be sorted. So, but that's when the whole controversy started and then uh, started, and uh, I ended up uh, coming back for the match. All right, but uh, left high and dry with with, with with no return ticket to
0: go back. It's 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 amazing to think that that would happen like that wouldn't happen today um I, I i don't think it would happen today it's it's amazing to think a player would be left out of the pocket like i i knew there was an argument put up that they, they couldn't afford it but like i mean i'm sure they didn't fly you home first class on a private jet or no but like
1: there's one thing in life i think we all have um, is, is 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 character and respect like and like you know if they told me that they were that they were willing to bring me back, you know, if they didn't if they didn't want me back, there was no problem, like. But why tell me that everything was sorted, like? And and uh, that's that that's the hardest thing to take. And I wasn't a player, like, uh, just kind of came on the scene in Killester. I had played I had played seniors since I was 16, like, and I had played with them for six years, uh, you know. So. And I played three years, uh, minor five years under twenty one. So and I'd never missed a training session at the Lair Like I, I, I thought it was the greatest honor of my life, like to play with the county and just the way they kind of went about it and treated me. I just was I surprised. I wasn't surprised with the with the two people that were involved with the, the Lair County Board at the time. And uh, it 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 it. it Alarm me when I was leaving New York that I mentioned to Donald Gallagher like in relation that these guys could leave me high and dry and only for his generosity in the Donegal Club uh, he had put in a reservation uh, through the computer from New York uh, for a ticket for me so um, only for that I, I, I would have been stuck you know
0: Wow, that's I, I I I I knew there was like I was too young to remember it when it was happening vividly, but I knew there was a you know it was a bit of a scandal at the time. But like, was it ever resolved in the end? Was there was there ever apologies made and hands shook and everybody moved no, on? No, no, no. Um,
1: it was a uh, no. No contact was ever made and and or like that or any apology or or at that time a letter or anything. But, Like um. Was I surprised? No, I wasn't surprised uh, because, like, they, they had just, not alone me, but, like, my, my brother was a hell of a footballer as well, like, and, uh, uh, Joe, and he was probably, uh, Kildare's best midfielder at that time, like, and, uh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't bother playing with Kildare because just the manner of the way the three of players, uh, wasn't, wasn't great. And, uh, you know, there was no, no travelling expenses. Uh, it was always difficult to get it. Uh, so, sort of like, all we got after training was a pint of milk and a, and a Marietta biscuit. I'll never forget it. Um, so, uh, you know, and I was only the, the the one from my club playing at that time before Dave cabinet came along. And he came on to their senior team then after that. Uh, but initially, I was the only player from my club and it was often that when I went from my walk into Cullen, got a lift into Neas where the county team were training. And this is hard to believe. And in Division 1, and sometimes in those strength sessions. There might be 12 or 13 players just at the training session for an inter-county team. And I'd have to end up then coming my way or walking home six or seven miles. And none of the county board would even ask how I would get home. So... Uh, it was just an awful shame because Killeer had the potential. Uh, they had wonderful footballers, and uh, it was just a pity like that. A lot of those great players uh, was left uh, were, were, were let go and not treated right. And uh, who knows, Killeer could have done something at that at that, at that time because he was some great
0: no, literally, you, you you couldn't. You're you're nailing it there. It's a, a thing I was always told to be afraid of is is unfulfilled potential, um, and and I think Kildare will look back on that period in their GEA time, um, with disdain to think about the footballers they had at their disposal, and and if they'd nurtured them and managed them and minded them properly, you know who knows, you know Kildare could have been lifting Sam Maguire, but. You, you went back to America and I must assume obviously there was a good few Cork men involved in the Donegal Club because um, your, your next port of call was to, to Castlehaven in Cork um, I assumed there was obviously a group of lads from, from Cork that were working with you in, in, in New York and were telling you about how brilliant Cork is it's the most beautiful county in the world and this is where you should set up shop well,
1: It's funny they never mentioned Cork it was the, it was the club that were the mentioned in Castlehaven or <laughs> uh, a small little club and at that time I'd say there was only a population in Castle Aben of about I'd say uh, seven or eight hundred people and you know they were senior in Cork they were you know they were just fanatics uh, you know there was four of them in New York playing with Donegal hard to believe from a small club um, but just talking to them I wasn't walking with them but um, I we used to play together. We used to train together. Uh, we used to talk naturally after matches in Daly Park, and so like to talk not only about uh, it wasn't about cars, it was about Castle Ivan, and uh, you know what they would do. And there was never, there was never a question that time that they'd come back and play with us initially. That that didn't happen. It was they were just so obsessed. Every time I met them, that the talk about Castle Ivan. And what they would do when a county with touch because they'd never won a senior county, and um, it, it was just a fanatic place. Like uh, in relation to their, uh, it was their life. That's all they had. Nothing else. Football was their life. It was a community. It was a place to go. Uh, every man, woman, and child attending matches all the time. So it was just, a, uh, it was just a real community spirit that was coming out. Uh, coming out of them and talking about it and, and they missing it so much so I suppose it's like it was just their infectious approach that kind of grabbed me and uh, the real uh, determination that someday they would go back and play with castle but it never entered my head initially like that I'd end up there going back as well I was I was very happy where I was and um, i seen my time i seen my life in New York i seen my life uh, there for a long time so uh, I wasn't thinking anyway any way in that direction until I suppose time went on and they kept eating away at me a little bit it, it, it started off as a joke first I would go back and, and play with them and, and then it got a momentum and um, you know I was playing I was playing real good football in New York I was you know I I was probably playing the best football of my life and, uh, feeling very strong. I was training very hard and I don't know, somebody just said to me out of the blue one day, an old man uh, just talking to me said, like, it would be a, 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 a massive pity if you couldn't show that talent back in Ireland. Like, so, uh, and I don't know, it was just, something just happened in 1987 in January when I was out training and, um. I hadn't seen my mother and father for a few years, and, uh, and my family. So uh, I was training one January, and there was snowing out of the heavens. And um, I just said, "I, I you know what. I just bit the bullet, and I said so sure, what harm would it do?' Just just go back for the summer and see my family. And I went, and I signed the transfer form there and then with with, with a guy who was living uh, in the same apartment uh, block with me in Argyll There was a I was a Castlehaven fellow as well so I knocked on his door and the snow was dripping down my face I'll never forget it and I said to him give me that form i would sign it I'll go back with you and play and that's, that's 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 how it happened
0: and then straight over to Ireland 1987 you're obviously reunited with family and friends and, and did you move down to Castlehaven straight away or did you stay in Kildare and drive up and down or what way did it happen initially
1: so, I moved. I, I was uh, had a house. The house rented in Union Hall, which would be part of Castlehaven. Yeah, and um, I was walking. Uh, one of the Collinses now, which is a huge family in Castlehaven. Uh, there was two of the Collinses that were in America, but they had a big family. Uh, seven brothers all together, and one of one of the brothers, Christy Collins, was a builder. So I knew I had a bit of work with him, and. Um, of the during the summer um, no I wasn't killing myself i I take time out walk to my up to there and maybe spend a few days there and, and come back down again and, and stuff but yeah I rented I a house in Union Hall and I was staying there for the summer and uh, just, waiting to, just waiting to play with Castle Eibon really which, which took time because we had come back initially with the yard Club they were going on tour uh, in, in, in uh, Ireland and playing matches so I came back in May. We came back early May. We played uh, four games. Uh, the Donegal club in New York. We played four games against teams back here. We 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 had a seriously good team. Uh, we we played Cork. We played Mayo. We played Leash and we played Donegal and we we won every game. Um, so I I stayed on then when a had the other lads and the two the other four lads that got me back to transfer they stayed as well. So the rest of the lads were involved with in Winnie Cup actually they went back to New York. Uh, so I was waiting for to to get my transfer through to play with um Castle Haven, but my transfer was being held up by the Kalina County board.
0: And so did that anyway, then, were you able to play in the eighty seven championship?
1: I was able to play, but uh, not without a lot of hassle. Uh, my, my my transfer was signed, say, in January of 1987 when I signed it over in, in uh, New York. But the Calair County Board wouldn't sign it. And uh, they said, like, that I wasn't in Ireland and I wasn't living in Ireland or I wasn't living in Haven and all this. So I had to wait till I got back home and I had to get letters from uh, the priest down below in Castelavon to say that I was resident in Union Hall and I had to get... A letter from my employer to say that I was employed down there, and still, when all that information went up, they still wouldn't sign it. They said that it was a uh, that it wasn't my signature; that it was a forged signature. So this, done, this, this went on for quite a while. Uh, um, it was really to kind of piss me off that I head back to America and they uh, wouldn't I wouldn't sanction my transfer. So, this is where Frank Murphy got his seat in it, uh, the cop County Board Secretary, and uh, oh, there was contacts made, Billy Morgan had taken over car, and uh, he had been on to me when I joined the panel, uh, even though I hadn't said any, I wasn't even transferred, and uh, I said no initially, I wasn't uh, playing a cop I wasn't uh, only game balled, I just came back to play with uh, Castle Haven, so... I was on the verge of going back to New York, and my transfer was wasn't uh, was there was days I had my my suitcase packed to go, and somebody then say it it'll be true next week, and uh, next week we come along, and it still wasn't my transfer still wasn't true, and uh, this went on for quite a while, and Frank Murphy again uh, finally. and said when I go up to Dublin with the Cork team it was don't forget it was the 13th of June uh, we're, we're coming along to that day now, uh, it, it was the day of my birthday I believe it or not and uh, he asked me would I travel with the Cork team that Cork were playing Dublin in a challenge match in Park. and when I come to Dublin that I would look good and that my transfer would be would be true and he said bring your gear.'" Bring your uh, I said what do I need my gear for he said it will just look good that your, uh there's are so I thought it was just a kind of a camouflage just bring up your gear uh, I was only interested in getting my transfer through I travelled up with the car team uh, on the train uh, didn't and actually didn't know many uh, my first time to meet Shea Fatty in about over three years uh, Shea had joined Talk as well and um, Ended up talking out for Cork Frank Murphy coming into the dressing room welcomed me to Cork uh, with a big handsha- handshake and believe it or not I played my first game on the day of my birthday and I played my first game with Cork believe it or not not just wow. <laughs> so, so a Wow So a, a bit of a mouthful there I ended up I ended up playing with Cork not just Leaven so uh, and even at that stage, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, part of the powerful club or anything like that, and I had refused kind of getting involved with them because I didn't want to mess around Billy Morgan because he had asked me, and I, I, I knew the commitment that was involved in the intercounty scene. So, I, 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 my interest was to play with Castlehaven, and whenever they got beat, then I was going back to New York. But, <laughs>
0: But it was taken out. It was taken out of my hands. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I, I wonder. I, I don't know if you've been asked this question. I'm sure you have. But if Kildare had, hadn't have been so awkward in giving you your transfer and looking after you, you know, if Kildare had been quite accommodating, looked after you, gave you the transfer straight away, there you are, Larry Best, of luck with Castlehaven. Yes. Is there a chance that maybe Kildare could have picked up the phone at that stage and said, "Listen, Larry, is there any chance you will continue to play for us and travel up and down?" and you know, did they nearly force your hand and say, listen, you know, you said, look, I'm going to play for Cork then?
1: Well, you see, you know, I mentioned in my book, you had a chairman, uh, and you had County uh, Secretary Seamus Aldridge, uh, they were still there, uh, that wasn't going to happen in Kildare. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what they had against me, I don't know, but uh, I'm not saying it was just me, it was just the the way the players were treated in Kildare at the time, so I think people I think the question you're asking and it's the right one uh, you know you you need to talk to people and be able to communicate with them but I think they wanted the apology coming from me not the other way (laughs) around I think that was I think that's what they were kind of uh, wanting but uh, you know I had made made up my mind I had made up my mind uh, I think in 1985 when the way I was treated when I was brought home and when I went back in the flight, I had made up my mind that I'd never play with the air again. So I, I don't think there was any... Even if they did ring me and uh, they, they apologised to me at that stage, I had no intentions of ever playing with the air again after 1985.
0: No, that's and that's completely acceptable and completely understandable for, for the way things had, had 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 planned out for you and, and, and the way you were treated. I don't think anyone could have any argument with that. But your, your career did... Obviously, take off with Cork and, and 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 with Castlehaven, and you know it'd be too much for me to, to go into every every game and every moment in it. But obviously, you know, two years after you've you've signed for Castlehaven in in nineteen eighty eighty nine, I I think you had the honour of of captaining them to their first ever senior title. Yeah, it was a, it was an amazing.
1: Uh, it was probably one of my, I suppose, brilliant moments in my career. Really. Um, I just you know, just to have joined has and just to, to, to see the people down there and uh, the, the, the friends I've made and, and just a fanatic way to, to go about their business as like regards football. They love it. Uh, it's their life. And I always say faith is a, is a huge thing in life. I can, I, I think I was a bit obsessed and mad about the game myself, so, I think it was a marriage bed in heaven, like that. I ended up down there, and uh, I just couldn't thank Castleville enough for giving me uh, incredible moments and, and incredible uh, sporting achievements that we achieved at that time. They were just they were just brilliant times, and uh, that first county final win, like uh, like the whole of West Cork. You know, you're talking about uh, nearly fifteen thousand. 18,000 people at a county final that day, and to win our first ever county and to be captain of the game was uh, was huge. Um, and uh, it was probably, you know, you read in my book like the, the things that I the thing I'd done the night before that game. I just uh, had been down in, in property, Corky uh, at, at a at a show. Uh, there was a agricultural show just in the showgrounds. And I was asked to get on and, and, and um, be the guest speaker. And uh, I came out of there. It was the night before the county final. And it started. I was walking because I had, my, I had a pub across from the train station. So it was about a half an hour's walk. So I walked down and I was walking. I was going to walk back. But it started really in. And I walked around by the parking key of the stadium and... It it really now starts to lash rain at this stage, and I got down on my knees and I prayed to Almighty God that He would give me the strength to have the game in my life tomorrow. And this is really what I came back from New York for was to try and win a county, and what better way to be captain and to do it? And uh, my my prayers were answered because everything I touched on the day was probably I'd say pound for pound it was probably the best game probably I ever played from start to finish.
0: It's, it's 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 just it's it's fairy tale stuff, uh, Larry. No, like. it was just uh,
1: it was just a magic magic time, and uh, you know i i, I, I would be an, I, I would be always be a very honest and, and, and um, very respectful kind of person. I think when I was playing, and I did massive t- for people that have helped me at underage level through Killea through my club each down uh and New York and Cork. I just a massive time for people and just couldn't thank them enough for, for helping me along in, in, in my career and and I think that was just a captivating moment like to just to be able to captain Castle Avon uh to that county final win. for uh, such a small club, uh punching way above its weight, uh but we we I think that the support that the Kassleaven got like through the whole of West Cork that time was incredible. It's a bit different now because uh, when you get a lot of success, then you know Cass have gone on now. They've won six counties since, like it's incredible. And um, you know I think when you get a bit successful, then it kind of the the, the 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 small little clubs then kind of go away from you a bit. Then you're after achieving so much then. The, uh, but we had a a real memorable county final then in '94 again on the Aberdareian, and it was an incredible occasion as when you had the guts of uh, nearly thirty thousand people at the first game, which was a draw, and thirty-three thousand then at the the second uh, game. So, where where would you ever see a county final hole, hole in
0: that type of crowd? It's it's it is like. When you talk about it, and 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 I can I can I can hear it in in your voice when you describe it, like you know the the passion that you bring from that. But you're 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 a hundred percent much as saying, like I mean, thirty three thousand people at a club final yeah. replay, like it's it's. There's some county matches aren't getting them games. There's a lot of county no, championship I mean, you, matches. You
1: wouldn't get them match uh, since the since the back doors, but he uh, you wouldn't get them at a muster final now. They're only getting nearly uh, 28,000 28, but. The second day, I went to a replay, and Skibriam were a great side, like, I well, they were called Donovan Ross, and they had won the All-Ireland club in 92, uh, beating Airoga Carlo, who were uh, another fantastic team. Uh, so we ended up, like, playing them in 94 in the county final, and I think anyone, uh, everyone and anyone from Cork and beyond it canceled the, the match, and uh, it ended up, uh, the county ball were the light, it ended up going through a second, a second game, and, and uh, amazing, two helicopters flew in that day for that match. And uh, Jack Gutman, who was has uh, passed away now since, and President GA, Jack was there. And uh, Albert Reynolds, who was the T shock, uh, flew in by helicopter to watch the game as well. So uh, amazing that we had the T shock and the President GA at the county final, which was very unique.
0: No, it, it, it definitely is. And I, I, I think a Longford man had no place in Parkie Cueve there, Albert, uh, <laughs> flying all the way down there. He would have been confused at the pace of that football match, I have no doubt. Um, yeah. There's just kind of, when I was flicking through some of the articles and, and some of the things, I kind of look for stuff that kind of, I, I love stories that kind of surprise me. And I'm, I'm one of the ones, I'm sure this has been hugely documented in the past, but I, I, I'd i never seen it anywhere. And, and I see myself as a really big GEA fan. But in the 1988. Drawn game against Mead. I remember the game. Um, like I remember the game pretty well. Like you got a free in the last minute. You kicked it over the bar. It was. I, I'd have been confident. I'd have put it over the bar. It was. It was a fairly straightforward free from memory. And then Mead went up, wasn't it? Equalised in injury was, time. Is that? Am I right in that game?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I remember getting the free. I think we, we got the free as well. Remember getting the free to equalise the game against Kerry. Sorry, David. Uh, it, it, was a very, it was a very easy free. It was about 20 meter free, and everybody thought it was about 50 yards out. But then that, that free you're talking about actually was over, was all over, was outside the 50 yard line. Yeah,
0: sorry, Larry. No, no, you're 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 100% right. You
1: and uh, the the free then that uh, that Brian Stafford got to equalise. He he either handy tap over. I I, I do say to him he got the he got the easier one of the the two. But that's uh, we we thought it was all no free. But that's the way it went anyway. But yeah,
0: I remember uh, at the time it the game had rent over a little bit of time. I know there was no controversy about it, already, yeah. like, but your free was at the start of injury time, and then there was probably another two or three minutes, and then it was his free. But more important to the the story that I'm trying to get to is, yeah, you pulled your hamstring very early in that match.
1: Yeah, I, I was gone after it's amazing. I was gone after 15 minutes, and I was playing centre forward, and um, I just we we were we were we weren't going well at midfield uh, at the start of that game, and. Um, I was going to the sideline to tell Billy Morgan that my hamstring was gone to take me off. But at the same time, Billy was coming to me to tell me to go midfield and put Teddy McCarthy centre forward. So, uh, before, it kind of caught me by surprise. He came out and roared at me go midfield. And before I could get out what I was going to say, I didn't get out. I just turned on my heels then and jogged out to midfield. And, uh, I just, I don't know. It just wiped it out of my head. I think when you're play midfield for a hamstring injury, I think it's a little bit different than playing in the forward line because they're not that sudden kind of um, short sprints or sharp turns that you have to kind of uh, do in midfield or kind of you're able to go up and down the field uh, at not a leisurely pace, but it's a bit of a different pace. So um, I just wiped it out of my head and I, I just played on and uh and I, I I probably ended up playing one of the one of the best games I ever played after that in that game. And but unfortunately, the game ended in a draw, and I was in a spot of bother then for in the dressing room, you know. And
0: how did how did you go from the dressing room there to ending up at Old Trafford, getting treatment in, in Manchester United? Where was the connection that that, that set that up for you, um, well, or or how did it come about? Yeah.
1: Uh, talk of a massive connection with, 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 with Man United and there was a guy there at that time, Paddy Curran who played with United and uh, Paddy had huge contacts in Cork uh, through kind of the supporters clubs and different other things and uh, believe it or not, the Cork County board had known Paddy, met Paddy a good few times, so uh, initially he was the contact and uh, But I had no uh, I had no inkling of what was happening. All I knew was when I was going down in the train after the other end final uh, Dr. Murphy told Mike Murphy and Billy Morgan and all the babies that there's not a hope in hell that I'd be playing for the replay. Uh, I tore my hamstring to bits when I put it on. So uh, They went working on the situation the following day and after this guy needs to get the best of treatment. So the contact was made then to Old Chopin and to Paddy Quirin, and he then uh, contacted uh, Alex Ferguson and uh, Physio, which was Jim McGregor. And uh, they said, no problem, uh, they would take me. And um, I got a phone call on the Monday, on the following day, uh, where I'll be at Coffee Airport on Tuesday morning. Uh, to fly out uh, to Old Trafford so, or to, to, to Manchester and be uh, picked up at Paddy Curran at the airport so that's how it happened and um, I ended up uh, getting to I stayed in the Town Hotel right beside Old Trafford and I was uh, picked up every morning by Brian Robson and Paul McGrath and uh, brought to the train training ground where they train and met Alex Ferguson and uh, Jim McGregor who was uh, a Scottish guy he was the uh, head physio so that's how it, that's how it panned out yeah. and,
0: and how long were you over in, in, in Manchester for at that time was it I know there was three weeks between the two games
1: yeah yeah. I was lucky because if it had been two weeks there wasn't a, a hope in hell that I would have met it and even at three weeks I remember Jim McGregor saying to me um, you know he said this, this, he couldn't believe number one that I played on with it. and uh, he said, this injury, he said, I had would take five to six weeks. Uh, but he said, look, he said, you're home from Ireland. You want to get back. He said, if you're willing to suffer, he said, we might have a chance. We have a chance. That's why he said, we have a 50-50 chance. So I said I was willing to suffer. But uh, uh, I never forget when I was getting the treatment, um, uh, Norman Whiteside was, was with United at that time. And he was on the, the bench beside me. Uh, but no, Norman was a Norman was a faker. Like he, he he preferred to lie on the on on, on the bench, uh, get a bit of treatment. About, uh, with the so, uh run over the lads So I think he was putting on a bit of an Achilles tendon injury that he had or something. But, uh, um, yeah, it was uh, there were there was there great moments because uh, I suppose it got me to see the how how the real world lives at professional level and. Uh, you know, what is done for those guys uh, but equally I think I come out of it you know I suppose having more respect for the GA guy the guy that goes out there and um, not alone doesn't for his county has to do it for his club has to totally uh, amateur goes to work and um, i just kind of seen a lot of these guys at professional level like as uh, Probably not the guys that are made out or, or profiled the way they're made out on the, on the media circles. So um, it, it opened my eyes a bit, but at the same time, it, 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 you know, I had respect for them actually. when they had big names, but equally, I, I wasn't carried away with it.
0: You know. But they were they were an iconic bunch of lads that Manchester United team, both both on the pitch and definitely off the pitch. Like these guys, yeah. you know, when you say Paul McGrath, Brian Robson. Mark Hughes, Kevin Mooren would have been there, I think, uh, then as well. Well,
1: Kevin, Kevin had just gone. He was just transferred. Managed club at that stage. Um, he, he was just gone. I'd say literally a, a month. I'd say when I went over there. Uh, but you're, you're right. They were they were full of uh, the, 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 the big names, uh, huge names, but uh, they were they were drinking every night, <laughs> And,
0: and oh. did you? Obviously when you're coming from an injury, any physio I've ever spoken to has told me that alcohol will slow down the recovery. But was there any night that you got to go out and have a few pints with him?
1: I, I was down in the pub. I forget No, I mentioned the book. I was down in the pub with Mark Hughes and Brian McLair and Brian and Robson. So Brian Robson was put off the road. Uh you know, he he, he was caught getting into his car and he and he and, and he and he didn't know he was getting in the passenger side to drive like he didn't know where he was going. But um, he eventually got in, but he was stopped and he was off the road. Uh, but they, they, they were always happy nice. Uh, it's hard to believe that like, Ferguson was all over the team that time, and it took him a few years to to weed them out. Um, the, the troublesome guys like yeah, Clayton Blackmore now, who was a real beauty, and and Lee, Lee Sharp was—he was another beauty, and, <laughs> and, and, and 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 Whiteside was 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 the the. He was he was top of the table. Uh he was he was a real beauty too. But so sort there of were uh, so sort of used to be a saying that I used to be talking to their their, uh, their taxi guys there that had be taking them to place and so they were telling me that I was saying to them, Well the United went that this year. You, they'd be slagging, yeah, they'll, they'll win the drinking competition now. I I bring it to the bars there now later on where they'll be. So I, I I I I used to laugh, like, used to get the uh, fierce up uh, I, I'd go down there and here was me uh, total after and, me, and I trying to get right to play another final and here was these guys uh, I don't know at the time now what likes of Brian Robson though, he was probably what, what he was getting <laughs> and, and they and, and they were on the drink every night and I was drinking valley or water and uh, they, were, they were they were they were getting slashed every night and I and, I, uh, and here was the uh Here's me trying to prepare for the all Final. It, it, it just didn't add up, you
0: know? The, the amateur lads sitting at the bar drinking Ballygown while the professional yeah. footballers around them were yeah. burying pints. And
1: and, and they couldn't, uh, sort of like McGraw used to be slagging me, uh, you know, and and Paul had have good Irish connections now, but he couldn't believe then that uh, we would get no money like uh, that. 90,000 90, people watching the all Ireland Final and, 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 and the players getting no money. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he
0: thought that I was pulling
1: his leg, like you know. <laughs>
0: like, so, it's. Uh, it's, it's I, it, I, I'm completely, I'm, I'm completely stunned um, by by that. You know that whole. It's just so uncommon to, to, you know, to us in 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 Ireland in the GA world, but, like. It is, it is mad when you do think about it, Larry, and I, and I don't want to get into it usually, but it is mad when you think about it that you know that the professional footballers in England would see what you're putting yourself through to try and play in an All-Ireland final. And these boys were probably collecting 15,000, 16,000 euro a week. Um, and as you said yourself in the book about Norman Whiteside, I think it was Norman Whiteside was asked to go out and have a jog and see how his leg was. Was it Norman Whiteside? It
1: was, But you like, they were just... Uh no, in fairness to Ferguson, he he had a good bit of work to do to, to get it right there, and I'd say it took him a few years to 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 weed them out. Like you know, he got rid of a lot of them guys that I mentioned there, and he he, he got them. Uh, you know, he got people in then that were totally committed, like they were that, that wanted to win. Um, but you had you had your United squad that time; they were just off the rails. Like, just off the rails that's the only way you could describe it like you know I was I was being picked up at the said by Brian Robson and, and Paul McGrath every morning at the, uh, from the Cocktown Hotel they'd they, they drive me down to the cliff Trainers and go and smell a drink after me like, Jesus yes. you, you had to you had to open the window you'd be suffocated again with
0: drink. <laughs> they're, they're lads that you'd like to have parked up beside your pub when you get going again <laughs> yeah so look
1: you, you know uh, but you know I had I suppose I was very lucky, as you as you'd see from my book. Like I, I ended up then, you know, I had a few bad injuries myself, and uh, I ended up then going to the likes of Lilyshall, where was the FA rehabilitation centre, and um, you know, meeting the likes of Alan Shearer and Ali McFeist and you know, uh, lots of uh, Rory Underwood, the rugby player, Jonathan Webb, uh, you know, lots of lots of uh, professional sports people at. Uh, you know, Rugby Union guys, uh, Rugby League guys, uh, golfers. Uh, you know, every sports person that you could think of was, 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 was in Lillyshaw and getting uh, rehabilitation if they had an injury. So, yeah, I've I seen a lot of the, the professional guys. and It just heightens my respect for the GAA guy even more uh, from, from the point of view of what they have to do. You take an inter-county player like having to perform at the highest level at inter-county, and then go back to his club then and be the, the leader and the driver of of the club team that they expect, and then to, to be up every morning to go to work and and and, and live your life and to try and uh, you know uh, and you get married and family, all that. Is, the whole lot. So it's 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 a real real test. Uh, for a year there and you know I've real real massive respect for everybody
0: that's out there uh, doing that And Larry because I don't want to to, to drag on too long and I think with a career like yours I could probably I I find it amazing that you've managed to fit it between two covers um, because like we could talk forever but I'm just thinking the book itself because I I, I do want to have a talk about that on it and I know we've left out a a huge amount of your own career winning all-Irelands managing Cork everything there but I, I, I do want to talk about the book itself. Like the process for you yourself doing it like I know just for me like the bits I've seen so far I've been blown away by and I remember you as a player, but I know if my kids were to read that book, they'd be looking at it and they'd be saying, Dad, is this is this fiction or is it real? You know, like it's your life and I and I and I don't say that you know, in any way, kind like your life is, has been—it's been—it's been amazing in, in sport. Like, I mean, the Castlehaven All Ireland captain in Cork. I think you know, even captain. I think you captain Kildare as well. You captain Wicklow in schools, but then stuff like the Man United and all that. Like when you sit down and you try to put together a book like this, like how hard is it to try and and, and condense it down? Like how how tough is that? Well,
1: first of all. I, I I wanted. to had another lead man. Liam Hayes, where, where, uh Liam, Liam had been, and, and when, when I was playing and finished playing, you know, not only Liam, but I suppose there was a lot of people. want Mark Brany, who was a very good friend of mine, uh, and wrote a lot of books. Um, there was a lot of people onto me. Would I write a book? And I, I, I didn't do it at that time because I just felt like that. Uh, would I be? Would I be betraying kind of? not betraying, but that's probably the wrong word, would I be kind of divulging too much into just analysing games after games? Like, and that's something I didn't want to do. like, um, Because I had read other books, and no disrespect to any other guys that write books, that play, um, a lot of books can be kind of um, just kind of like match, like match analysis of games. And I didn't want that. So I just said at the time, no, and then when I managed talk, there was lots of other people on to me again then, what I wrote book after that then again, and I relayed again and I didn't do it. I would say, without question, that uh, I think when you get a bit older, and I think it was the right time to do it, I think I looked at it completely different than when I would have probably wrote the book as a player and finished as a player. You might have a lot of resentment in there, and you don't kind of uh, look at and be truthful enough in relation to your, uh, the makeup of the book. And I think I wanted the book to be more of a story and my life rather than more of a kind of a match day matches. And when I got into the book and doing it, and Dennis Hurley, who was my ghostwriter, and Dennis done a fantastic job. Um, and my wife, in fairness, uh, she kind of really uh, devolved into really getting to know me in 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 the 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 the, the aftermath of going to matches rather than the matches and the stories that way. I think when I started to do it, and it took about 14 months to do it, I think I enjoyed it because I was able to kind of look back at all the, the events and realise that. It was so easy then to do it. Not easy to do it, but so easy because it was a good story there. That was the Man United thing there. It was I had four counties that I was involved with. I had my times in New York. I had my my my, my scenes of of meeting so many uh, professional people in Lillechall and training with them and, and and then the the, the times I spent in Madison Square Garden and. You know, had, had had I suppose then, when you go through, walked in the likes of Harlem in the toughest, and hardest place that you can be, uh, went through all of that, and then I suppose then to walk through then the, 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 the hospital doors with her daughter and to go through so many operations that she had to encounter, uh, I realised then that I had. A heartwarming story that I just wanted to tell and I just hope that people like the book I just hope to do and uh, it's me it's honest and hopefully it's a story that you won't get bored of and uh, I'm just so delighted now that I've done it and it's out there and um, I've just relayed my story and my great moments in sport and my life and uh, just
0: the lady that's done it. No, it's 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 such a, a a brave thing to do. I I spoke to a very good friend of mine uh, last week, uh, Frankie Dolan, who who'd only just finished oh, his you, own. Yeah, you, and great, great character, and like I would have grown up with him, and, and and it was the same. And I, you know, he'd said the same thing. Very, you know, that he had great fear about doing it, but just just with your own book, believe. The title of the book is Believe, and I and I just wonder. You come up, you 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 probably come up with the title yourself. Is there was there any reason? I know Frankie, being Frankie, came up with outside of the right, um, because kicking the ball with the outside of his right yeah. boot. Um, yeah. but yourself would believe. I think it's it's a beautiful title for a book. Um, yeah. um where did that come from in your mind, or, or you know what made you come to that?
1: You know, what we wrote down myself, and my wife, and my kids, uh, we wrote down on the fridge. We wrote down so many names, and we just kept looking at them. And uh, you know, naturally we had inputs from uh, people in the pub. They wrote down names, and I had a load of names that, that people were looking at. Uh, Liam Hayes had, had uh, was 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 strong on a few things. Uh, got his opinion. Uh, but I think when I talk to a team, and I talk to and I know myself that when you're going out there whether it's to walk or to do things or uh, sport that you want to make it. The first thing I would say to any player and have done when I was over them, coaching, them, whatever, you must believe in yourself. You must believe in yourself, number one, because if you have any kind of an inkling or feeling that, that you, you that, that you shouldn't be here or you're not good enough to be here or any doubts, I think that will affect you. And I think you have to get it and to really believe it that you believe in yourself. And I think that was the most critical thing I think that any player or any person has is their ability to be able to believe that they can do a job and to do it to the best of their ability. And... I think that, that that really boiled down uh, to me. I think I believed in myself all the time. And no matter what obstacles were in the way or what I had to encounter, I still believed I was going to get there and to try to be the best. And that's really where it, it was nailed down. I think it was just the title of me. And I think it's a title that... When people see the book, and if they're not involved even in sport, I think the name will catch them still. That maybe there's something in this for me, if it's my journey, that I want something work wise or motivation. I think the name, I think too, can, um, it goes a long way in life life rather than sport.
0: No, it's it, it, it is and it was it was the very first thing that caught my eye was the name on the book and I I have to say like like manny the freeze you hitting many of the things you did in your life you, you've nailed that one as well it's 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 just a, it's just a brilliant title and it's it's it, it's bringing my mind to where it's going to be when I open up that cover and I just I just think um it, it's brilliant um Larry you've been you've been <clears throat> very good with your time with us there we've you know just got over the hour mark there and it's it's just been you know, brilliant to, to to chat to you. I'm going to have to beg you to allow us to do a, a part two of the Larry Tompkins interview, maybe a little bit later in the season, if 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 you're up for it. Um, it's just been a, a real pleasure to have that chat with you and just have a dive into, you know, what people can look forward to picking up your book. I'm 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 sure you might be happy enough to do a part two with me a couple in a couple of months' time, maybe. Yeah, sure.
1: um, I have massive uh massive viewers there in your area. And- I've been involved, been a Leinster man myself, and, and your station there on Kenny Carlow. Uh, like I've loads of cousins in Carlo and um, look, uh, I, I'd be just honoured that if you did want to do another part, there's no problem. I'd be delighted, and uh, just just thanks for this. It's been uh, very much appreciated
0: no it's been it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to chat to you Larry and we wish you the very best of luck with the, the, the book Believe which is available now it's it's in the heroes section and we'll have it all up on, on the podcast link is well there for everybody but again thanks so much to Larry Tompkins for taking our call this evening and joining us on today's Clash Act and I look forward to speaking with you all again soon Hello Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny We have the full range of environmentally friendly award winning vehicles in petrol diesel hybrid and electric Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won car of the year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford, Old
1: Kilkenny today.